Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. All right. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. I'm Veronica Kravner here, your host. And today I'm thrilled because we are going to be talking all about how to build a thriving mediation practice, a very important topic. And I'm also super thrilled because we have as today's guest, Natalie Armstrong Motan. And just a little bit of background about what to expect with these episodes. So I am so grateful because Natalie has graciously agreed to do a three-part series on this very, very important topic. So part one is going to be all geared towards the beginning mediator, part two, the intermediate mediator, and part three is all focused on those elite master mediators. So I think we've got a lot of great content in store for these three um, three episodes of the mediate.com podcast. And so here's a little bit of background information about Natalie. So Natalie is the founder and managing director of marketing resolution. She's the author of the essential guide to marketing your ADR practice. And she's frequently invited to speak all around the globe on the successful marketing strategies of the resolution and legal industry. And as a personal consultant to many of the premier providers in the ADR industry, her company, Marketing Resolution, has designed and developed hundreds of campaigns for private practices, firms, educational institutions, authors, organizations, and associations all around the world. So I will say pretty much I think she is the absolute perfect person to be talking about this topic. So with that, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the Mediate.com podcast. Thank you so much for being gracious and sharing your time and doing this three-part series and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Veronica. It's absolutely my pleasure. You know, this is the industry that I love with all my heart and soul and, and I've worked in for the last 27 years. I, I can't think of doing anything else. Well, awesome. Awesome. And I think that settlement sentiment is really common in terms of the mediation community, right? I mean, I think, you know, we're talking about this first part of this three-part series. We're talking all about beginning mediators. And I know, you know, when I took my first mediation training, I sort of had this light bulb moment of, aha, this is it. This is it, right? This is what I want to do. World peace, one mediation at a time, <laughs> right? And so, and we know though, that having this passion for mediation and then actually being able to do it as a profession and make money doing it are completely separate things, right? They are. And I think that the easiest way for me to help people. So if you've only got another 60 seconds to listen to this podcast, this is the part that's going to be really important to you. There is a single common denominator amongst all my most successful clients, regardless of culture, language, practice, specialty, et cetera. And that is that my most successful clients are all entrepreneurs. And so they are first and foremost a business person who happens to provide resolution services. And it's not a word game. I'm not trying to play with you here. It's all about a mindset. And when you don't have that entrepreneurial mindset and you are a mediator or an arbitrator who's kind of trying to put together a practice, it's not nearly as efficient or effective. Um, so if you reverse that and you go about building your practice as a business person, as an entrepreneur, it'll be much more satisfying 
you know, you're, you'll level up much more quickly. It's a lot more fun. Many more opportunities will present themselves. Um, and, you know, overall, your experience will be much better. You still get to follow your heart. You still get to be passionate about the thing that you do. But having the mindset of an entrepreneur, of a business person, is the imperative. And so maybe can we break that down a little bit further? So we talk about being the business person. So I start thinking about things like, um, you know, figuring out what your value is, like identifying your customers, um, being proactive, having strategy, right? Is that to some degree, you know, I generally when I'm working with someone who has just finished their 40 hour training, they, you know, they've just been certified with whatever court program they're going to be working with in one of the questions I ask first is, what are you going to do with this practice when you're done with it. And that answer will dictate a lot of the activities that we do between this moment and five or 10 years from now. And so when I say to you, uh, Veronica, what do you want your practice? you know, what do you rather, what are you going to do with your practice when you're done with it? You kind of have two choices. And the first is, well, you know, Veronica was a great mediator and she did it for 25 years. And when she's finished, she shreds her files, turns off the lights and she's done and says, thank you to a fantastic industry. The other option is to build something that is an asset and that you can harvest at the end. When you're finished practicing, you could sell that practice to another practitioner or a group of practitioners. And the way that we build them, the activities necessary to get to that point are for the most part the same. The difference is what are you building? Are you building a personal practice that is built from your name? You know, are you uh, Marianne the mediator and we're building your entire practice off of your name? Or are we building Maryland mediation and we're building a practice that can be transferred to another practitioner? What we do in the middle is, a, is really very similar, but having that, that design in mind that lets us strategize things a little bit differently and a little bit more clearly. But you still have to have the same, the same things going, Veronica. And so that is, you've got to figure out what, what you as an authentic provider want to provide. What kind of services do you want to give? And then you have to think about for whom. So what kind of mediation practice do you want to have and who do you want to serve? And then somewhere in the middle between those two things, between you and your prospective clients, is your brand identification. And your brand identification is the personality of your practice provided in such a way that it really resonates with the people most likely to hire you. So are you going to build a practice that is for the one percenters getting a divorce? and who need child custody and co-parenting and all of those kinds of things? Are you building a practice that is civil and commercial and that is for uh, family-owned businesses? Are you going to have clients who are the attorneys or are you going to have clients who are unrepresented? So you have to think about who they are and what they need and then those things that you're going to offer and what that message looks like. What medium are you going to use to communicate that? What narrative are you going to write for them so that they understand that they can like you and trust you? So the, those are the basic things that we start with. And so it's a combination of demographic and psychographic. And I love that because you know, you're talking all about being 
purposeful and, and mindful and thinking through what you're doing and why you're doing it and that sort of thing. And so I guess one thing I'm wondering is, you know, as a beginning mediator, you know, from what you've seen from all the mediators around the world that you've worked with, I mean, how long does it take for someone to build this thriving mediation practice? I mean, for someone, you know, I know mediation tends to be a field that, um, you know, people come to after doing something else for some time, whether that something else is practicing law as an attorney, working as a social worker, a family therapist, in sales, whatever the case may be, people tend to come to it from other professions. And so as you think about maybe transitioning from your profession of origin to mediation, if you're coming to this as like a second, third or fourth career, whatever the case may be, I mean, what are some realistic expectations in terms of how long it actually takes to build that thriving mediation practice? There are couple of averages that I can give you, and it's going to, it's, it's a mediator's answer. It depends. <laughs> it, so are you, are you retiring and moving on? Are you rewiring your current career path? Or are you at the very beginning? And each of those things kind of have a different timeline. So if you're brand new, which is more and more often, um, a, 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 you know, a phone call that I, I field is, hi, I'm, you know, I'm 26 years old and I've just finished law school and I want to be a mediator when I grow up. So we, it, we are not exclusively any longer just the, you know, the folks retiring from the bench or the law firm or their, you know, career in human resources. We are attracting more and more young people, which is a lot of fun. But so if you're brand new and you're building a new business, um, that's very similar to a person who is trying to re- wire. And when you're, when you're straddling the fence, um, you are practicing in, you know, in a law firm, or you are currently the HR manager, or you are currently a social worker or psychologist, whatever that is. And you're trying to kind of do those two things at once. The timeline is very similar to those individuals who are brand new, fresh to our industry. And that timeline is depending on your degree of entrepreneurialism going to be 18 months to two years. So the gods simply do not grant us immediate gratification. That's not how it works for us. You can shorten that timeline if you choose to not be an entrepreneur, for example, and you go to work for an agency or you go to work for a panel. And those are things like the EEOC, FMCS. So if you go to work as a resolutionist or in work in ombuds, for example, then those timelines are like any other job. It might take you 30 days, it might take you 60 days. But to be a standalone solo practitioner or a practitioner within a group of other mediators and arbitrators, on average, it's 18 months to two years. For those individuals who have practiced at something for a quarter century or more, and now they're going to retire into resolution, um, so for those recovering litigators and, and all of us, you know, people with uh, gray hair or no hair, the, the timeline is a bit shorter because we can leverage our career and make it happen nine months to a year. So those, those are kind of the averages. Again, it depends on each individual's um, sense of entrepreneurialism. And as a consultant, I can shorten that, uh, but it really is up to the, the practitioner. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, you know, as you think about kind of 
next steps now that we've we've kind of laid the groundwork right for um, the beginner mediator kind of what are the hallmarks what bucket are you in are you coming to this as your first career are you coming to this after doing something else for several years then kind of just to give a, a little teaser for our part two for our intermediate um, what's what are some next steps then so once you've kind of figured out what your services will be and to whom you're going to offer them, and you've determined who your primary target market is going to be, perhaps even a secondary or tertiary target market, who those folks are going to be, then you get to start in on the fun parts. You have to have, you have to have, it's 2021, you have to have a website. It's not a question, you must absolutely positively have a website. So you have to have a website, you have to have a business card, and you need to figure out on which social media channel your primary, secondary, or tertiary target market exists. And it's, you know, it's great to think, well, I'm super good at LinkedIn, but if my people aren't there, it doesn't really matter. If my people are on Facebook, then I need to be on Facebook. If my people are on TikTok, I need to be on TikTok. If my people are on LinkedIn, which for most of us is the case, then I need to really concentrate my efforts on LinkedIn. So you figure out who your people are and build a website that speaks to them, that resonates with them. You have to have that basic thing. If they want to see you in video, you need to have video on your website. If they want you on social media, you have to be on social media. So you get those foundation pieces laid. And then the other thing that you need to have are your your databases. So you've got to just go onto Google and figure out where all of those people are, to what organizations and associations do they belong, what periodicals do they read, what YouTube channels do they subscribe to, uh, you know, what podcasts do they listen to, and you find where your folks are, and then you join and are, are active and participatory in all of those places and in all of those ways. The other thing that's really important for us is to think about how we want to get our experience. And so lots of new mediators need to volunteer for a bit. You know, um, even though some of us have been doing what we've been doing for a really long time, people still want to be able to see that you've mediated more than whatever your magic number is, 500 hours or 50 mediations or however it is that you design that, that bar, that, that gold standard for you, your practice and your potential clients, that's fine, but you do need to volunteer a bit. Once you've hit that magic number, then I always recommend that you pull back. You can still volunteer if philanthropy is in your heart, that's fantastic. There are lots of great places for us to be volunteers as philanthropists, but as a business building endeavor, once you've hit that number that you've, you've designed for yourself, then you need to step back and refocus all of those hours and all of that energy on building your practice and being an entrepreneur. So those are the those are the basic steps that you have to have. And then once you've got those, Veronica, you can get ready for the next really fun parts, which is going to be writing, speaking, training, networking, and social media marketing. They're so much fun. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, hey, Natalie, thank you so much for giving us the basics and, and laying the groundwork for what to expect in terms of building a practice as a beginning mediator. Uh, we should also take this opportunity to plug your website. So why don't you go ahead and give us your website in case our listeners want to reach out to you directly? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn easily enough, and you can always find me via my website, which is exactly what I do. And that is howtomarketmymediationpractice.com. Awesome. Awesome.
All right, Natalie. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this part one of the three-part series on how to build a successful mediation practice. I really appreciate it. It's been absolutely my pleasure. If any of your listeners have any questions, uh, concerns, requests, or challenges, please feel free to reach out and I'll do my best to help you out. The better that each of us do uh, as individual practitioners, the better we do as an industry and the better we do as an industry, the better off each of us are. So please reach out with questions. Awesome. Awesome. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up this episode of the mediate.com podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.